0: Hello and welcome back to Woodchat for the second episode in our special two-parter on the latest successes, achievements and innovations of the celebrated FWPA-supported forest learning initiative. Uh, If you missed part one, then uh, maybe scroll back through your podcast feed and, and give that a listen before going on to listen to this episode so that you don't miss out on hearing about how uh, children's television characters and virtual reality and the concept of agroforestry are all helping to teach Australian school children about the advantages of modern Australian forestry thanks to forest learning. Um, but first up in this episode... Forest Learning was recently recognised for the quality, innovation and usefulness of its unique suite of resources for teachers and students at the Australian Geography Teachers Association biannual awards. The Drones in Forestry Teaching Units for Primary and Secondary Classrooms, uh, which were produced in partnership with an organisation called SheMax, won the award for Best Digital Online Resource. Uh, This innovative and technologically rich resource has already been met with an enthusiastic take-up by educators, with more than 520 downloads during its first month online. Another award uh, was received for the Forest VR Learn Through Immersion a virtual reality toolkit which uses 360 degree video and photo tours to give students unique insights into Australia's productive forest and milling sites, as well as opportunities to explore a range of agroforestry case studies and access to snapshots of various careers within the industry. Uh, In addition, the Year 10 Environmental Change and Management resource was also recognised. Produced in partnership with the Geography Teachers Association of Victoria, this resource cleverly combines 360-degree videos and photographs with other high-tech interactive spatial resources. I caught up with Beth Weldon, Forest Learning Programme Manager, about the significance of this recognition.
1: Forest Learning was really excited to receive three awards over for four different resources. It's a high honour to receive these awards, particularly that they've been judged by leading geography teachers, but also education professors at universities who recognise the contribution that Forest Learning is making in providing teachers with high quality and robust resources meeting the curriculum needs. So firstly, Forest VR, um, the Learn Through Immersion Education Toolkit, was awarded the winner for Best Reference Resource. And this resource has been filmed across 75 different forest and wood processing sites across Australia. It's a very significant resource in terms of industry investment. There's been 75, therefore, industry involvements in the creation of this resource. Yeah. And it can be accessed and viewed by a classroom-ready and capable Forest VR app, which is available for iOS devices such as iPads or for Android, for smartphones, for Google Cardboard, if you wanted to use it that way. So the 360-degree photo tours accompany the videos as well. So that's part of the package. And that allows students to slow down, the forest um, environment where they are and to look for hotspots and find out more information or, or different um, ideas relating to that forest and, and what they're studying in their class.
0: One area of technology that forest learning has been at the forefront of in terms of its use as an educational tool is virtual reality. I spoke to Michael Cunningham, interactive media consultant and early career researcher with a particular interest in VR to get his thoughts on the future of this tool and its place within
2: educational settings. I started off as a sound engineer and um, so for me, the wonderful thing about sound and binaural recording is it's the most accurate form of VR if you like that we actually have access to which people don't really realize if you were to put it in the hands of say a person who is um a sight impaired they would explain to you that what they are actually listening to is what they're actually seeing but that was my first introduction to i guess a proper a proper VR experience uh, yeah. i guess a captured a captured reality if you like although we now have access to being able to interact with it we, we're not necessarily just watching or listening to uh, a linear programming mm. um, so for me you know i've always been interested in interaction and how we can interact with media and in capturing it and and probably the most common thing that people would be uh, familiar with would be something like google google maps and um, being able yep. to look at the surrounds and etc for me that's basically i think where the average hunter if you like or or user day-to-day has experienced VR.
0: When it got to the point of you kind of going into a a, a school to implement some VR tools and knowledge
2: how did that come about? The one thing I, I've always liked, I love doing is taking young people down paths for for primary school kids. It was really great. I got, I got the opportunity. Uh, my stepdaughter was doing a technology class. I'd spoken to um, her her teacher a number of times about lots of different things. This was also at the time that they just released Oculus Go. I had bought this Oculus Go, and you know, I brought the the Oculus Go into the class and started showing students, images that I'd taken, videos that I'd taken, and just giving them that first experience, which wouldn't have occurred uh, in their in their lives unless they'd actually been in class. So, and so they kind of got a taste for it. So they, you know, and this was important because the problem with schools in general is it's very difficult for them to stay on top of technology as it's advancing because it's expensive. From there, a teacher started developing a STEM project, which is the science and science um, side of uh, their school program and that's when the idea for their nature trail was hatched Um, and then I came along later to help along with that which was to get the kids out into the field taking VR photography and showing them what you can do and how you can do it and then taking that photography from location if you like back into the classrooms and showing them you know the photographs that we'd taken and, and they could then make of it, what they wanted, if you like, as part of the the nature trail. One of the experiences that that I I noted in the class for him was that um, these filmmakers had taken uh, video footage and walked inside an erupting volcano. Oh wow! Uh, you can't take kids into an erupting volcano. <laughs> so look, the wonderful thing about VR, I think, in the classroom setting is that you can take kids to locations that might be one distant and and isolated and two extremely dangerous um and for instance if we, we talk about you know volcanoes we talk about forests forests are dangerous um you've got fire you've got all kinds of other things you've got falling uh, branches you've got uh, animals snakes and it's very hard to pack a bunch of kids into a bus and just drive to a forest yeah. Or drive to a volcano. So for things like you know, VR, it, it does allow you to at least bring the ch- you know the child to a location that they probably might not experience in their lifetime at all yeah. because they live in a city. The one thing we got from the nature trail that was really useful was the concept of time. Forests take a long time to grow. And forests have different environments at different times of the year. And yeah. this is the other thing that's, that's interesting that we found with the nature trail was that we could take a photograph at this point in time and, you know, we could come back, you know, three months into a new season and notice that the environment had changed. Like, for instance, if we were in spring, we could see that the the flowers were sprouting and basically that everything was green. Or we could come back in, you know, late summer to see that everything had dried out and was quite brown or tidal, deprived of water, if you like. I and mean, this is what we were trying to do with the bush trail, I think, was to try and start... That process of being able to observe and see how something lives, you know, over time, you could actually show that. You could show that in, you know, a brief presentation that takes five minutes. One thing about VR at the moment, it's cost prohibitive at the moment. Um, it's difficult to try and get that technology to schools, but it's getting closer and closer. It's like the creation of the computer. I still remember when I I first was in in uh, high school the first computers being brought in and it was at an incredible expense. But now for virtual reality, it's coming down, and it's coming down and it's coming down and it's coming down. And eventually, and I think now we're at a, a price point now where, where we can actually get this technology into schools quite easily. Now, when it comes to educational programs, it's not really difficult because all you're doing, you know, is creating a one-off product, which can be taught for a long period of time. Oh I mean, look, the other point I can make as well is let's have a look at the internet. When we first started jumping on the internet, not anyone knew how to do it. It was something that took time. We are now in a, in a world now where anyone could be a web designer. You can get WordPress, you can actually design websites quite simply. When VR gets to that point where you've got content management systems for virtual reality, someone's going to do it. It's not far off. And this is where it becomes accessible to, say, for instance, teachers, because teachers need to be able to control what they're creating for their, their students. And we'll start seeing teachers, I think, using virtual reality like they use any other tool. They'll create lessons for students in virtual reality and they'll take them to forests and they'll take them to to places where they can't normally go and, and give them uh, you know experiences and, and and teach them in those environments.
1: Forest learning also received in partnership with SheMaps an award for best online digital resource for the drones in forestry units for two of its resources, one for years five, six and one for years nine and ten.
0: Hi my name's Peppa and I'm in
1: year two and I just
0: watched the Forest VR video and I got to fly above the trees.
1: So the drones in forestry units allow students to explore and understand through real-world case studies just how drones and GIS systems, including remote sensing, assist every day the forestry workers of Australia to sustainably manage the forest environments that provide us with the sustainable and renewable resources for all of society. They've been trying to capture the story about how forestry is so advanced, really, compared to a lot of industries in terms of its innovation and technology use within everyday forestry. So we've been trying to capture these stories and provide students with some, yeah, some real world scenarios that they can then replicate themselves through micro drones and different simulation tools and coding so that they can become a forester for a day in using these spatial and technology innovations.
0: And I think that is probably crucial for mm. engaging students because I mean it blows my mind that that's, that kids are learning coding at school mm. these mm. days because I don't even think coding was a word when I was at school but mm. um, it's it's obviously going to be uh, more and more important to have those sorts of skills going forward as they enter the workforce but also I just think that, that young people find that exciting so I, I think it's a mm. perfect way to engage as I'm sure the the forest VR has really kind of added a, a level of excitement as well when it comes to mm. to learning about this uh, this particular subject.
1: And there's an emerging, growing population of schools around Australia using drones in their maths subject areas, in their design and technologies, and digital technologies subject areas already so it's trying to also capture those schools as well and to bring them into the forestry fold and building that awareness that forestry isn't just about cutting down trees it's about long-term planning for sustainability so using technology to showcase that forestry isn't an industry of the past but it's very much an industry of the future
0: Given the pivotal role that SheMaps played in the development of drones in forestry, I also caught up with the companies Paul Mead and Sarah Atkins to learn a bit more about their involvement.
3: So SheMaps is a certified social enterprise. Uh, We're based in Australia, uh, but we work with schools and teachers around the world. And our biggest I suppose, problem that we're trying to solve is the lack of diversity that's in the STEM workforce, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and maths. And currently we have, in Australia, we have around 27% of those people working in the STEM workforce uh, across a range of industries are are women. So we've we've got 50% of our population is uh, is women, but only 27% of our STEM workforce our, our women, and we know that those digital skills and the STEM skills are what's going to advance our economies and uh that are skills that are in demand yeah so we're not using the full potential but full potential of our, uh, of our of our workforce we're not going to achieve those economic gains or those uh those progressions in society and those small some of those really challenging Problems that we've got coming up, particularly around climate change and, uh, and sustainability and all of that sort of, side of things that we don't have the full potential of our workforce.
0: Well, that's interesting because that is a challenge faced by the forestry industry. Um, as well. So, so more specifically, talking about forestry, the the, the challenge there is that um, not only is it an aging workforce, but also it's it's not very diverse at all, and particularly um, in the sense of uh, representation of female workers in that industry. And that's something that FWPA has always really been keen to try and uh, change the tide on. So it sounds like that's a similar sort of mission.
3: We, we say it's not just on one industry, right? We see this across a number of industries that are facing those same challenges of attracting uh, a younger workforce, uh, attracting a more diverse workforce, but also attracting a workforce that has the digital skills to innovate and change the way that uh, operations are conducted. How
0: does SheMaps go about contributing towards making that change?
3: So SheMaps helps to solve this problem uh, between schools and industry through what we call our Partnering for Purpose model. And our Partnering for Purpose model has three levels to it. And the first level is around confidence. And we know that we have to build the confidence of our students and not just our male students, but also our female students, our students from uh, diverse communities. Show them role models that come from communities like them that look like them so that they can see it, so that they can dream of being it. By having that that confidence, that's that first part, and this is where role modeling is really, really important. The second part is around capability. And we know that we need to increase the capability of our teachers to be able to use many of these new technologies Uh, these skills in their classrooms. One of the challenges that we've got is that many of our teachers are teaching what we call out of field. They are fantastic teachers in their own right, but because we've got a teacher shortage, they're often given subjects to teach that they haven't had any formal training in it. Um, You know, we've got one in eight of our STEM teachers, so they might be teaching science, technology, engineering or maths in schools. They have not got any, any formal education and those subjects themselves either. So we really need to support these teachers to be successful in their classrooms and to lift their capability. So we do that by giving them ready to teach resources that are aligned to the curriculum and that have real world problems that they can bring into their classrooms. And then the third level is around connection. And so this is about connecting with industry to make sure that those real world problems and that those role models that we are bring into the classroom, that they're relevant, that they fire our kids and our teachers, but also that we get industry on side to see how they can be a part of this change that we need in the classroom and that they can see those career pathways that have been built from schools to uh, tertiary study or straight into industry,
0: with the forest learning resources, which we'll come to in a second, at least the, the work that ShoeMaps has been involved with has been that use of of drones in, in in support of you know the development of those sorts of resources for primary and and, and secondary teachers. Is drones one of the, the main focuses, or is drones kind of one of many different focuses that GMaps takes is in terms of facilitating all of what you just spoke about?
3: Actually, our programs, it's not about the drones. Right. The drones are just the tool we use to hook the students in yeah. and, and engagement in the learning. The learning actually runs a lot deeper than being able to fly a drone. You know, yeah. We're bringing in a lot of those uh, those spatial skills. Uh, We're bringing in math skills. We're bringing in science skills, coding skills. There's all these other skills that align to the curriculum as well as a lot of those other human skills that are around teamwork and collaboration and problem solving and critical thinking that we know is really important for our workforces as well. And so we want to make sure that we're not just teaching those technical skills, but also those human skills that uh, we need our students to have once they leave school as well. We just happen to use drones yeah. uh, to help engage our students. And we use drones because, well, it's a pretty uh, engaging tool when you take drones into a classroom and uh, and all the students uh, want to be flying.
0: Moving on to the, the forest learning resources, starting from the start, um, how did that partnership come about?
3: The partnership between SheMaps and Forest Learning came about because we happened to meet at a conference, Forest Learning was there with with their uh, forestry VR resources, and you know, we we sort of I went up and had a bit of a uh, bit of a play and uh, had a chat to Beth, and we sort of stayed in touch. And then one day, you know, Beth said, "Hey, look, I'd really love to do a drones and forestry uh, resource," and you know, so it was sort of it came out of a meeting and a mutual. I suppose that sort a of connection at that uh, at geography teachers' uh, conference, and knowing that actually we were wanting to achieve the same outcomes around connection of industry and uh, and building teacher capability. The resources themselves
0: that have been developed as a result of that partnership. So the the drones in forestry teaching units that are being made available for primary and secondary classrooms. Would you be able to give me a little bit of an overview about those resources and, and what they involve?
4: I'll give an overview of this one, Sam. Brilliant. So we wanted to um, develop resources for both primary and secondary students. So we targeted basically the top level of each of those schools outside of the senior years. So so the year five, six module, we I had a look at the forest learning resources and they're very well respected in Australian schools and I just looked at them and tried to look for gaps to see where she maps could add value to them. So the next step was to go and look at the Australian curriculum and see where drones in forestry might fit and in grade five and six we have a technologies curriculum uh, learning area. And in that, there are two main elements that we saw opportunities for. So one is the digital technologies curriculum, which talks about data and digital systems. And that's where students learn to code. Um, The other part of technologies that was relevant is that food and fibre production. So the the growth of plants from seed through to harvesting. So we, we developed five modules for grades five to six we also saw an opportunity to bring in what we call the HASS curriculum, and we focused on history and geography. So in in grade five, six, we really wanted to give the students a bit of a grounding so they'd understand what forestry was all about. And so we, we did a bit of a history, a deep dive into how much it's changed and how it is now a sustainable industry yeah, and it it incorporates modern technologies and how far it's come since the early days. And then we wanted to give them that um geography focus so they could understand how land was being used and the systems within in the land. So it really is a cross-curricular unit where students are learning history, geography, digital technologies and design and technologies. Yeah. Um, and they so they go through five different modules and, and teachers can decide to teach all of those modules or just pick and choose whichever ones that they would like to, um, to work through with the students. Yeah. The secondary unit um, has three modules in it and that one aligns very strongly to geography and digital technologies. And we've got a big focus on systems thinking with the year 910 unit. So students learn about what systems are, learn about systems thinking, and we really frame the whole unit in understanding systems thinking. That's Uh, students understanding environmental, social and economic impacts of systems. And in in this particular context, they look at digital systems in forestry. So module one in both grade five, six and nine, 10 really deals with that theory and the understanding how digital systems are used in forestry. Students go through and they, they do a case study. They learn about not just drones but the the different modern technologies that are that are being used to make forests more sustainable yeah and in grade 5 and 6 students create a little visually programmed app and they share that with an audience so it's it's authentic learning yeah. um and then if they follow through all the modules they they actually create a simulated flight with a drone, so they use a micro drone and they fly a mission to simulate surveying a forest oh, um, well. with a drone. Yeah, so in the grade nine and ten, we still have that simulation and and we've got a big emphasis on safe use of of um, drone technologies. And students go through and design a mission and they code the mission. They also create a case study. So they study authentic people that work in the forestry industry. This is why it's an award-winning resource because Mm. everything is aligned to the Australian curriculum. Teachers know that if they're teaching this unit, they're covering what's required of them in the Australian curriculum. And they don't have to plan these units themselves. We've done all that hard work. How
0: has it been received amongst teachers and students
4: it is relatively new yeah. and so some you know it's been being widely downloaded teachers are really thrilled with the the resources and and some of them are just putting a toe in the water and trying one module yeah. um and they're planning to implement the whole thing maybe next year or or in the the following years i liked how I could be a bird
0: or a drone because then you could fly among the trees and look around and it's really cool how you do it. I also believe that there was a a survey conducted amongst Australian teachers by Youth Insight around forest learning and the results of that were pretty positive, I believe. I just wanted to to see if you could tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so uh, we decided to conduct a teacher survey to inform our future uh, resource development, but also our refinement of resources. So moving forward, what sorts of things are essential elements within teaching resources for teachers for us to meet the needs of. As a part of that, we also decided and thought it was really useful to also gain some perceptions of teachers towards forestry more generally and towards careers in forestry more generally. The good thing I suppose we could come out of this is that a strong majority of teachers agree that the industry is renewable which is great. The majority of teachers feel positive towards the industry which is a great outcome with only one in five feeling somewhat negative and no none feeling very negative so okay. Um, positive comments related to forestry being, or wood particularly, being a sustainable resource with positive practices and conservation. So that's excellent. Another really good outcome is that results from that survey found that although 90% of teachers believe it's important to teach students about forestry and wood products, 78% of teachers said they either did not feel confident or felt only somewhat confident about teaching about these topics. So that's where Forest Learning comes in. So we are here to provide them with reliable and robust resources that meet their teaching needs so that they can build confidence in teaching through step-by-step lesson plans if they need or just simple activities that they can do as a once-off within a classroom, hands-on outside or in the classroom itself. So we have good... Um, open doors for people believing that there is a need for students to learn about where their wood and paper products come from so that's really great
0: and so that's just about it for this epic two-part forest learning episode of woodchat uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've come away with the confidence uh, that with initiatives such as this the future of the australian forestry industry is in safe hands uh, thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you'll tune in again next time